A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. This is what John the Baptist proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It happened in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized in the Jordan by John. On coming up out of the water, he saw the heaven being torn open and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, You are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, the children can come up. The children can come up for a children's homily. Now, come on down, and we're going to do it over here today because I've got some, I've got some props here. That's right. This is black stuff. Come on down. See. Oh, yeah, I'm making my hand all dirty, aren't I? And sometimes that's the way we are. We get dirty because, well, we commit sins. In fact, from the very beginning, it's, it's kind of a human condition. I'm over here. Come on. Come on. It's okay. That's right. She, oh, she's, she's, she's getting afraid of the black hand. Yes. The black hand, see, sometimes our soul gets dirty because of sin, because we get selfish. We want things our own way. And in fact, a lot of times, that's kind of the way we're born, is to want things our own way. The Bible and the church calls that original sin, that we're just kind of born this way. But God gave us a way to get past it, and that's, that's baptism. And so God washes us clean in the waters of baptism. He just makes us all clean and new by the waters of baptism so that our souls become bright and clean again and that we're set free from the need to be selfish, from the need to want to do things our own way and we can want to do things God's way. See, and our hands get all clean again. And I know what you're going to say. Well, I was baptized when I was a little kid, right? And now sometimes I still sin. What do I do? Well, that's why Jesus promised that if we confess our sins, he will forgive us of our sins. He will forget our sins and he will separate us from our sins as far as the east is from the west. And normally when we come to church, we want to reaffirm our baptismal covenant, our baptismal promises that we'll live for God and not for ourselves. And so we usually we, well, there's usually holy water at the doors and you kind of put your finger in the holy water and you make the sign of the cross in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit because that's how we're baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But we don't have water at the doors now because the, 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 we're not supposed to have water because of the, the COVID thing. So, but so that's why I go around sprinkling, right? I sprinkled you with water to remind you that you are baptized. You are set free from original sin so that you can love God and love your neighbor, which is what Jesus called us to do. God empowers you to love God and love his neighbor through the waters of baptism. And then you become clean, just like I'm clean again. All right, thanks for coming down. You can go back to your families now, go back to your parents.
We're going to preach for a while, probably too, too long. So as I said earlier, this is a Christmas feast. It's a Christmas feast because it's the last of the seven proclamations, the seven Christmas proclamations of Christ the Lord, Christ the Messiah. And of course, the first of those proclamations comes to the Blessed Virgin. The angel appeared to the Blessed Virgin and said, you will conceive a son. He will be, all, he'll be you will conceive by the Holy Spirit. The power from the, of the Almighty will overshadow you. You will bear a son whom will be called Holy, the Son of God. The pro first proclamation of Jesus coming as the Messiah, as God himself, as God incarnate. And then the second proclamation, Mary goes to her cousin Elizabeth and, and John the Baptist is, and, she's, and Elizabeth's pregnant with John the Baptist, right? So we're getting all the characters for today's gospel in here. And, and John the Baptist sees the Blessed Virgin and, and Jesus is he's carrying the, the Son of God in her womb. And, and so he starts jumping up and down, creating quite a stir for poor old Elizabeth there. And Elizabeth says, what is it that the mother of my Lord should come to visit me? Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. The proclamation of Christ as the Lord, as the, as the Messiah who is to come. And then, of course, you know the third proclamation. Joseph starts to get nervous, and he discovers that Mary's pregnant. He's not sure exactly how to handle this situation. And so the angel appears to Joseph in his dream and says, don't be afraid to take Mary as your, as, as your wife, for the child that is within her is of the Holy Spirit, because a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and his name will be Emmanuel. God is with us. So the proclamation of God becoming flesh now having gone to Mary and to Elizabeth and to Joseph. And when Jesus comes to Bethlehem, Jesus is born. The proclamation, the angels go to the shepherds, to the poorest of the poor, to the outcasts, those who are out tending the sheep at night. And there the angels come to them and say, today is born for you. For you, dear shepherds, for you is born a savior who is Christ the Lord. And they go to find Jesus and worship him, for he has been proclaimed as Christ, the Lord, the God who spoke to Moses in the, in the burning bush. And then the announcement goes to the Magi. The stars themselves proclaim that the king who is to be born of the seed of the woman who is to crush the head of the serpent has, has come, has been born. This king that they have waiting for from the beginning of time. And so the nations come to worship Christ the Lord there in Bethlehem. And then Mary and Joseph take Jesus to the temple, present him to the priest, and the proclamation is made to the priest as Simeon, the priest of God in the temple, proclaims, my eyes have seen God's salvation a light for the nations and the glory of Israel. And then finally, today, 
the proclamation of Christ as the Son of God, Christ as the Lord, is made in the waters of the Jordan River. So we see that God has proclaimed Jesus as his, as his, his Son, as God incarnate, as the Christ, the Messiah, first to the family, to the Holy Family, and then to the poor, to the shepherds, then to the nations and to the priests, and ultimately to the whole world, as here publicly Jesus is proclaimed to be the Son of God by God himself, by his Father. And the Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus as a dove. You know, this is actually the introduction of the Holy Trinity. This is the first place in Scripture that we see or get a glimpse of the Holy Trinity, that a God the Father speaks from heaven, the Holy Spirit descends on a dove, on the Son of God incarnate in the River Jordan. And when this happens, it's like a border crossing. It's a bridge. It's a hinge between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. When Jesus comes to the water, John argues with him. It's not always a good idea to argue with Jesus, but John argues with Jesus and says, I can't baptize you. My baptism is a baptism of repentance, and you have nothing to repent of. What are you doing here? You should be baptizing me, not me baptizing you. But then Jesus says, no, today is the day that we fulfill all righteousness. That we fulfill all righteousness. Now, what does that mean? That means that on this day, as Christ is baptized, there is a change. There is a hinge that everything before that was the law, that the old covenant of the law suddenly has we have crossed from the old covenant of the law unto the new covenant in Christ, who is living among us, God incarnate, changes everything. So the practice of baptism was practiced a lot in the Old Testament, although they didn't call it that. They call it the mikvah, and you would go and you would be, you would be ritually purified in water. So if you sin, you had to go be ritually purified in water. And this is what John is talking about when he's talking about a baptism of repentance. You go and you, you announce your sins and then you're baptized in the water and the water washes you away. It's a ritual purification. But when Jesus is baptized, it's different. Because God speaks from heaven and God declares, this is my son. This is my son. In him I am well pleased. This was important in that culture. Because, you know, in, in the culture in which Christ lived, it was always quite obvious who the mother of a child was, but the father could sometimes be questionable. So for a son to receive an inheritance from his father, the father had to publicly announce this as his son. He had to publicly declare, this is my son. And then he was eligible to receive the inheritance of the father. And so God does this there at the baptism of Jesus, publicly proclaiming, this is my son, my son. In him I am well pleased. And then the Holy Spirit descends upon him as a dove. And this is Christian baptism. This is the baptism we have. We don't get baptized for, the, for, the, for repentance. If we got baptized for repentance, then we'd have to wait till we were older, right? Because we baptize infants. Because it's not about what we do, it's about what God does. 
And when we come to baptism, we are adopted as God's children. God proclaims, you are my child. You are my child. And I am well pleased with you. And then the Holy Spirit, we are anointed with the Holy Spirit. That's why in our baptism, the two elements that are used in baptism are water and oil. Water as a sign of the regeneration that we are now born again as children of God. And the oil, the symbol of the Holy Spirit that now dwells within all who are baptized, who are called by the name of Christ. You are my child. And the seal of the Holy Spirit is given to us as a sign that he will be with us forever. So Jesus' baptism becomes our baptism and the old covenant is left behind and the new covenant in the body and blood of Christ is now among us. This is the final proclamation of the final Christmas proclamation of Christ as Lord. You know, Pope Francis recently talked about how at Christmas, Jesus is God's gift. God gives us Jesus as his gift. And you know, God gives us the gift of Jesus, or we could say Jesus gives us the gift of himself in his incarnation, that God would become flesh, that God would live among us and teach us and show us how to live and guide us. God becomes flesh. It is his gift to us. And it is his gift to us in the proclamation. God gives us himself. Jesus gives us himself in the adoption as children of God. We become children of God, brothers and sisters of Jesus, so that we can live as Christ in the world. And God gives us the gift of his proclamation as with his Holy Spirit dwelling within us so that we can go into the world as Christ in the world. God gives us the gift of himself in his incarnation, in his adoption, and in his gift of the Holy Spirit so that we can become the gift of God to the world. God gives us himself as gift so that we become gift. Empowered by the grace and the sacrament of baptism, we take the word of Christ, we take the proclamation of Christ into the world to share with the world who Jesus is and what he is doing. As the proclamation went first to the family and then to the poor and then to the nations and the priests and then to the whole world, we are called to be that proclamation. We are called to be that gift that goes first to our families with the care and love of those God has entrusted to us and our families and to the poor in the way we care for the poor and to our friends and our co-workers and our neighbors, to the, and then to the nation and to the whole world. And we live in a time when I can't think, at least in my lifetime, of when we've needed the proclamation of Christ more in our nation than we need it right now. With the ter terrible 
turmoil and the violence in our nation today, that we can bring the gift of God himself into our nation to proclaim the path of peace, to proclaim the path of truth, to proclaim the path of love. Jesus gives us himself as gift so that we can become his gift into our families, to the poor, to the nation, and to the world. You know, it's a peculiarity today that we have invented a euphemism for God. People don't like to say the word God in public anymore, so they just say the universe. Well, you know, the universe will be kind to you. The universe has a plan for you. You know, we like to use the word the universe instead of God. As somehow we have decided to call the creator by his creation. It's kind of like idolatry, isn't it? We take things, uh, created things and we worship them and, and instead of the God who created all things. But you know what a euphemism is, is it's a word you use to substitute for something that's impolite to say in public. And when has it become impolite in public to say the word God, to say the word Jesus, to proclaim Christ's love for all of humanity? When did that become impolite? Why do we have to invent euphemisms for that which gives us life, for that which gives us breath, for the Lord who has redeemed and changed us, transformed us, set us free from bondage to selfishness, and given us the power to live for God and for others. Jesus came as God's gift to you so that you could be adopted as children of God, so that you could be filled with the Holy Spirit of God, so that you could become gift to the world, to, the fam to your families, to your friends, to the nation and to the world. You are the gift of God. So therefore, let us take this marvelous grace, this marvelous gift of God given to us in our baptism and share it with the entire world, to share it with those who are in bondage to, to violence, in bondage to fear, in bondage to shame. Let us bring them to the freedom of Christ's presence, the regeneration of Christ's love, and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Christ came as God's gift. Let us go forth as Christ's gift to the world.